Clearing up. I found your private Reich up there. All what was left of him. You didn't finish. Well, I can't blame you. He was tough. But then, uh, a good soldier ought to be. Welcome to another episode of the Seven Beef Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Gary Hill, and with you tonight is the lovely Iris. How are you? I'm doing fine. How are you? Fine. It's uh, a little chilly outside right now. It's going to be 50 degrees tomorrow and then 18 degrees the next day. So we're in that uh, that funky time of, of the Indiana winter here. So. It sounds like here. One day we were in like the fifties, and uh, the next morning, you wake up to snow, and it's thirteen degrees. <laughs> Hopefully, this is a death the death rattle. We didn't get a ton of it, but I'm I'm, I'm grateful because you know when when the polar ice caps melt, I'll be long dead after that. So just, just throw <laughs> it out there. Damn you, future generations, make you feel guilty about stuff. No, <laughs> I blame that and Ted Turner for back in the day. Uh, Convincing a generation of kids to care about the uh, the environment with Captain Planet and a <laughs> damn gray-haired bastard. I blame him because he colored movies. That's what caused uh, global warming. Yeah, but he made me love WCW wrestling and the Atlanta Braves simultaneously. Uh, all right. so there's that, and the Beastmaster, okay. and Flash Gordon, and you know there's Flash Gordon. There there's so go. many things Ted Turner has done for me. Ah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> uh, Speaking of watching stuff, what you been watching, Iris? Oh, well, um, I really haven't been watching stuff. I've been doing more reading than anything uh, been, uh, and listening. I've been reading a couple of books about um, – it, they're fantasy books. I mean, I'm, I'm totally nerding out here. Tell them about uh, it. Well, it's Mercedes Lackey and the, the heralds, are, heralds of Valdemar, and it's these – People that are chosen because they have, you know, special gifts and they have magical horses and it's, it's, oh my God, it's so nerdy. It's not even funny. <laughs> um, uh, but let's see. Oh, and I did watch movies for, um, uh, the theme warriors and those were pretty good. Um, one of them was a first time watch and it was the proposal and that was the one with Guy Pierce and we yeah. happened to have Guy Pierce in, in one of ours. I listened. Uh, I, I was impressed that you guys all loved it. And I was glad you guys did. Oh yeah, it was a great movie, man. Uh, I was really, really, well, yeah. It kind of rocked me. I was like, wow, I, I'm really entertained. And the motherfuckers made me cry three times. <laughs> it, it, <laughs> is, it is a re- the redemption show, right? That's what yeah. It, was. it is a redemption show. Um, but you know, I've been watching mostly like you know stupid TV, like Married at First Sight, and oh, got into Sixty Days In. 
that's really cool. What is that? So you see days in, so like what they do is they'll take like um, just regular the mill people like vets and like there, there's a housewife, there's a a lesbo cop, there's a couple of marine, uh, there's a marine vet, there's a <clears throat> excuse me, there's a guy who wants to be a correctional officer, but he looks like a complete and total puss. But you, you just various people and they'll stick him in jail for 60 days to be like informants and just kind of like watch and oh my god, it's just ridiculous. And on this episode, the cowboy gets stabbed. Because <laughs> snitches oh do God. get stitches. Right, yes. snitches get stitches. No, but, you know, you're like, oh, okay, she's a cop. She's going to do real good. No, she's the one that, oh, it's just ridiculous. And it, But it's fun to watch the ridiculousness and go, oh, my God, I feel so good about my life because I'm not as fucked up as you. <laughs> but, yeah. In this episode, Kathy, the lesbian cop, gets a broomstick up her twat. You know, know, yeah, you know, stuff, it's just completely stupid. Like, she she fronts one of the gals that kind of runs the the little pod, they're called, or jail, you know, their little area. Uh And she's by herself, and this other chick has six chicks. I'm like, you're dumb. (laughs) (laughs) If you think, she's shorter than I am, so she's probably maybe five feet. And I'm like, yeah, mm, no. It needs one of those announcers. Right. This, uh, whatever. This one won't give up its jello. Let's see what happens next. You know? Right? Exactly. <laughs> oh, it's just, it, it, but it's fun, though. It's kind of like, it's so ridiculous. It's fun. It reminds me of like, you know, one of the, the, the Corman movies because it's just so ridiculous. It's it's so stupid. It's entertaining. Mm. But Yeah. That's basically it for me. Nice. I don't watch a lot either. I've been watching random stuff because I've been uh, falling asleep here and there, just turning on stuff, and uh, that that happens when you're old, but not really that old, you know. It's, it's, yeah. <laughs> um, I did catch um, it was called The Great Smoky Roadblock, and I, I want to recommend this movie because it's it's my kind of seventies cheese, in, mm. which, in which Henry Fonda is in a nursing home and loses his rig. So he has a grand plan to make one final run before he eventually is not going to be around anymore. Spoilers at the end, he's not around anymore because he uh, <laughs> he dies behind the wheel. But um, oh. it's got a lot of like good character actors in there. Uh, Eileen Brennan plays a, a madam of a harem of, of hookers that ride in the back of his truck. I'll, I'll <laughs> let you guys watch the movie to, to figure out why. And a very uh, fresh face, Susan Sarandon plays one of the one of the ladies. Uh, oh no way! Yeah, very fresh face. Uh, Robert Englund is in the movie. It's 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 good. It's 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 not like you know you expect like it to be like Smokey and the Bandit with the title like the title like it has, but it just fits that trucker lingo in there. It's not really a rip off of anything. It's just a kooky little road movie with some stuff in there that should make that should make it not PG, but it probably was a PG because it was like nineteen seventy seven or something. Mm. But uh, it's on Amazon Prime. Anyone wants to watch it? It's there, and uh, and I hear there's a nice Blu-ray out. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see what that costs. I'm not sure though. <laughs> I'm on the fence. <laughs> um, what else? Um, I'm missing a lot of TV lately. I'm gonna do that thing where I catch up at the end of the season. I think because uh, I just forget that it's on. And um, I anything else? really relevant. I, I don't think anything else really relevant that I caught 
that we watched um some movie called Vampire or The Vampire was a TV movie from the seventies that starred um not not Klaus Kinski. Damn, Richard Lynch uh, played uh, the the vampire in the thing Ooh. with um R. G. Armstrong's in there being like the Van Helsing type person and uh it's fine. It's really weird to see Richard Lynch without any, any crap on his face because usually he has like these big old pock marks on his face and his face is pretty clean in like nineteen seventy eight or something. Huh. But the only real flaw of the movie is um the vampire gets away in the end because this was intended to be a series. This was um a pilot for a series, supposedly, that never happened. So it's kind of awkward to watch it because it was meant to be something else. So it's like, yeah, where's the rest of it? And then it just kind of ends. Oh, bummer. So you want to watch like a 90-minute version of like Salem's Lot that's not as good at all? You can watch that movie. It'll, it'll do you just fine on a on a Tuesday night. I don't know. There's, there's other stuff out there, though. Um, <clears throat> Besides that, uh, nothing really to report. There, there's a... I'm sure there's other stuff. I keep forgetting to log stuff into the old letterbox, though, so I'll, I'll do better next time around. But uh, next segment coming up is, of course, the lovely segment of the beef bitches and mashed potatoes. Okay, who gets the burly uh, beef? I ordered barbecue beef. I think that's mine, but I didn't order fries. Beef. Mine's the juke deluxe. Okay, who gets the burly beef? Iris, anything uh, getting get your craw this week, girl? Oh, let's see. Anything getting my panties in a wad? Not really. Um, hmm. No, you know, I've been pretty lax this, this whole week. Um, I do. I mean, I've been pretty happy that we finally got some snow so it'll kill all the freaking bugs for the summer. Because in the summer, then I would have something to bitch about. But I'm hoping that this will kill everything that's out there. So you see all that rain in Seattle's not a myth? You get a, get a lot of skiers. <clears throat> oh my gosh, yeah. We've got, you get a lot of mosquitoes, ticks, and fleas. Jeez. Yeah, and then the spiders come in the, <laughs> Don't tell the house because it's raining. <laughs> About the spiders. <laughs> but you know, spiders are good. They eat the flies. Oh, dude, hmm. here's something, here's something uh, that I'm very happy about. So uh, in the area that I live in, it's kind of like a very kind of like a rural urban type of area. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in, in one in one street, you could have all these houses that are like, you know, all technical and, you know, connected and all this other bullshit. And then the next block, you have a farm with horses. Okay. That. That'll, that'll so, those neighbors. <laughs> yeah, it does. actually. So. The lady across the street, she's, you know, her neighbor across the street, she's a really nice lady. And behind her fence, she's got like a, there's a barn and horses and stuff. So she woke up in the morning, she had like fucking blue bottle flies all over her house. And she it was freaking her out. So she comes over, she's like, I have all these flies and I don't understand. I don't know what to do. And I said, well, first of all, you need to call a priest. <laughs> and she just stared at me like, what? I'm like, never mind. Uh, Get Rod Sager on the phone. <laughs> exactly. But anyway, um, no, so I get the, we have had such warm weather around here until a few days ago that um, we have like flies 
starting to pop out of their little pupil state and, and, and coming all over the place. It's really weird. But her house was like covered in flies. It was kind of like spooky because it's thinking like, this is so Amityville. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so I'm kind of grateful that they were over there, not over here. <laughs> call, call a priest. I hope, you, I hope you really said that, you know. It's, it's, I did. Okay. I did. I told her, call a priest. And she stared at me like, what? I'm like, never mind. I would just piss off neighbors, have like a like a whole family of hogs on our property, you know, <laughs> just smelling like shit, you know. But it's, hey, it's hogs, you know. What to do, you know? Yeah, what can you do? Oh, as long as it, that little piggy doesn't fly, you're okay. It's like you got the rural part over here, you got your city part over here. I'm gonna live in the rural area, okay? Yeah, well, I'm gonna be living in the rural area because I'm gonna be getting me some chickens. Nice, do it. I, I hear, I hear it's good. I, oh yeah, it's gonna save us buku box on eggs. Oh yeah, I ate a lot of eggs in my house too, but I wouldn't want to do the, the 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 harvesting of the eggs. I'll let the grocery store do that shit for me. Just uh, <laughs> I'm a lazy bitch in that sense. Well, you know, and if you don't want, they're, they're covered in shit, you know, so you have to clean them up and stuff before you can. That's yeah. more work. Come on, girl. <laughs> Are you kidding? It's good though, man. Those those eggs are so yummy. Just think of all the extra vitamins you have with that feces on that eggs though. Just, to, <laughs> just think. <laughs> oh man! But yeah, you said Victor, that's extra vitamins because your grandma cares right. about you. You know. <laughs> Make sure you eat all of that. Oh yeah. Oh me. Uh, <laughs> I hear the same shit every year. Every time stuffs up for awards, you know they need to abolish the Golden Globes and the Academy Awards. Just get rid of them all. I mean, I, I lost faith in the Academy Awards when it's hard out there for a pimp won, won uh, an, uh, an Oscar, and now they have, you know, ten movies running for Best Picture. I mean, you could pick five easy because just pick the ones that are more than likely going to win. Don't, don't, don't put Black Panther in there because of a class thing because that's all you did that for. Was to throw it, hey, you know what? Put this, put this black film in there, in a uh, best picture. It's not, it's it's not gonna beat it like Vice or Stars Born or Bohemian Rhapsody. You know why? Because they're better films. I just throw it out there, and uh, and I I get sick of not not sick of it, but people every time stuff they announce the nominations, they're like, oh. This got snubbed again. No horror got no horror on the list again. Like you know what? They weren't gonna you gotta remember who who votes for these things. It's a bunch of stuffy old fucks who got nothing better to do than put stuff on the ballot and ignore the stuff you care about. Like Hereditary and and, and Tony Collette, who I, I agree that she deserves something is of an award or you know nomination at least. But you and I both know that wasn't gonna happen. So uh -uh. it's just it's like more of the same. So I just going through the motions until you know they don't do it anymore and i'm hoping that's very soon because ratings are just going down 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 for these things and eventually they're gonna run out of money to run these stupid things and i hope they just announce it online you know it's like hey this one won that one won so nobody gives a fuck about it and then nobody can get offended either we talked about that before but you know i don't want to dwell on that but <clears throat> i'm just tired of stuff uh People complain about what what got nominated, what didn't get nominated, because it's it's not up to you. you. You could like what you like, and your only job as a film fan is to like what you like and to spread the word about what you like. And maybe somebody else will dig what you like. And uh, I, I'm, I'm going to leave it at that. Iris, you got any, anything to retort, girl? 
Well, you know what? I kind of agree with you. I don't like things being nominated just because, you know, somebody might get offended. I think it's more offensive when the good stuff isn't nominated. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's kind of like how you were saying, you know, the people who do, you know, the, the, the members of the Academy, they are not the type of people that are going to go out and or seek out, you know, good horror movies because that's that's not their style. I mean, some of them probably think that it's offensive that these movies are kind of even being thought of as nominated, mm-hmm. you know, so. But, but, you know, and of course I could be wrong. That's just my opinion. So, you know, don't. Don't get pissy, people. It's just me thinking. So you know, and I don't know. I I wish more. It was more kind of like. Do, do you remember People's Award? Uh, briefly, I don't you know, watch it all that often, but yeah. You know, and and even then, I. Mean, it's a very select group of people that are, you know, are are picked to be able you know to vote for these things. It used to be, I remember. When, I was, uh, well, not much of a kid, but a teenager that you could, you, you would get your TV guide and in a, in a certain TV guide, you would get all of the, the list of stuff and that you could nominate who you wanted and you would send it in. I don't think you do that anymore for everyone. I, I, I think it's just a, a, just a, a set group of people that are doing it. But again, you know, it. If you pick the right people, like let's say even within our, our the the horror community, some people would say that you know heredity is hereditary is just like a stupid movie. It's not a horror movie, and other people say it is. So I don't know what I want. I want to see quality, but kind of like with you, I'm I don't even watch them anymore. It used to be a, such a big deal for me, but I've gotten to the point there. It's kind of like it, it's a popularity contest. It's not it's it's not quality anymore. It's more popularity. And I mean, I think the last time I actively watched them is when Return of the King was nominated for like ten awards. And they won like nine of them or something. So that's when I actively last actively watched the Academy Awards. Yeah, I think the last time I I really watched was when uh, Annie Lennox won the the award for the music for I think it, I don't know if it, I think it was either The Hobbit or was I think it was Return of the King. Yeah, probably. That was probably the last one that I did watch really cuz the other one, you know, I get stuff that pops up on the internet. Like you said, you know, I get notifications so I'm like I don't even know what that movie is, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and most of the time you don't know what it is cuz it's not it's they're not films that have been they're either extremely limited release or they haven't been screened to the public at all yet, you know. Yeah, it's like I don't even know who that Oh, that that was that. There was a movie that was like that. I mean, you know, and I don't know if maybe it's because I'm just so removed from the uh, Hollywood movie scene, as you know, the stuff that's coming out. Uh, because now nowadays, you really don't have to go to the movie theater. I could just wait for it to show up on Netflix or on Comcast. You know. Mm-hmm. Well, I forgot or, one thing, and it, it is related to this because uh, he did a genius thing that I found on this documentary. I watched the Fabulous Alan Carr documentary on on uh, Amazon Prime, which it, that's precisely it was fabulous because I I was like that guy's style. Uh, that's the guy that produced Grease and um, uh, the Deer Hunter and brought Lacage a foe, uh, which people might know as the oh yes the birdcage to the stage I mean, to, to, to the states too, and uh, 
he he did a genius thing with the Deer Hunter in which he didn't release it till like it was just time for stuff to be screened for further for 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 awards uh, consideration, and then they made the movie a whole lot of money because it didn't come out until just then. And uh, and I, I really uh, I, that's related to this. But uh, if you guys haven't if you have any interest in that documentary, you guys can watch it on Amazon Prime. Uh, I found out about it because Mike White did an interview with the filmmaker. Uh, same one that made, oh, what did they make? Oh, the Tab Hunter Confidential one, that's really good as well, and the I Am Divine one, which is really good as well, so, that's three for three, people, and, uh, all three are winners to watch, but, um, yeah, most of those things you, you wouldn't have seen, though, because they haven't been, you know, readily available, and even, even stuff that comes, I, I know when stuff like wins, like, I remember when Moonlight won, they're like, oh, we're gonna release it to more theaters. Like, why do that now? Why, why do it? Why wouldn't you do that before to make people give a fuck about the movie? So maybe when it won something, you would say, wow, that film really deserved it. And you know, no, they they don't do that. They just kind of hold stuff. And it always kind of bugged me. They have all these films that you may have never even heard of before. I think Green Book is probably the most obscure one that people may have seen before the awards happened. And uh, I. I just I just don't get it, and I don't get I don't get the way to do things, and I don't like to think about it. So and I don't think uh, a lot of folks should let their emotions, you know, dictate you know how they feel about award shows when they're not really voting for you. They're voting for their own personal tastes. So it's kind of like an, a, a big ass opinion poll that that says this is what's going to win, and you should have no say about it because technically you don't. I mean, yeah, that, yeah. I'm sorry, and that, No, and that's why I was saying I think sometimes it's more of a popularity contest or, you know, who who works for what studio and what studio needs to win. I, I mean, sometimes that's what it, it's, it looks like and it sounds like, so. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's like I've lost a lot of respect for the Academy Awards. I mean, even like, you know, the Hall of Fame stuff, like Baseball Hall of Fame and like rock and roll of fame, especially a lot of a lot of artists don't even want to be in it because it's just a big old, you know, okay, the industry wants us in it, and that's that's why we're in it, not because not on merits of we're good musicians, it's, or we 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 had some high accolades in being a musician. It's just the fact this same group of stuffy old fucks decided to say we got enough votes to be in there. Yeah, or or the or the studios or the you know the record companies you know say well you know this person needs to be in there so mm -hmm. it's like I heard somebody complain about I think Janet Jackson was on the list to to be nominated I think this past year or something or maybe next year and I was like if you listen to Janet Jackson's music I mean you could you could turn it on and there's so many different styles of music in there that can, that can't say that she's within that rock and roll standard and you know I don't want to get that's a whole nother argument with people you know, but, um... yeah that's something else too you know i mean for me I, what exactly do you mean by rock and roll i mean is it like the 50s 60s 70s 80s what do you mean rock and roll i mean or should you just call it the music hall of fame you know don't call it the rock and roll hall of fame just call it the music hall of fame well but you know that's my bitch hey okay. i had a bitch they, they've been stealing since the <laughs> 50s the 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 white stole from the blacks okay that wasn't Elvis's thing. That was Chuck Berry's thing and shit like that. You know, he just yeah. You know, I can appreciate more of the British sense of it because they 
they had to smuggle that shit in to listen to it. So they had to try a little harder to get down. And I right, they I, had I, ships parked out in the middle of the water. Yeah. <laughs> we talked about that too. Yes, we ago. did. Um, I'll leave it at that though. I'm not gonna bitch about award shows anymore because I'm, I'm I'm done. I'm done. I just hope some of those are good movies out of there. And yeah, yeah. Maybe next time, Tony Collette. It doesn't. It doesn't uh, shy you away from your your accolades as an actress. You have proven yourself to being a great actress in many things. And uh, go watch the United States of Terror. That's a great television show she was on, and that doesn't prove it enough. I huh? yeah, it's good stuff. But um, today tonight we're going to talk about two films that involve uh, the mythical, possibly real creature, the the Wendigo, depending on whose circles you run into. Uh one being Dark Was the Night from 2014, and the other one is Ravenous from, I want to say, 1999, right around there. Yep, Late 1999. Na- yeah, 1999. We'll start with Dark Was the Night uh, right after this. Did you ever see a film at such a young age it left you traumatized with cinematic wounds? Ah, necrophilia. It's a dead issue, man. Don't don't push it. Cinema PsyOps is a weekly podcast documenting an ongoing experiment on the mind of an unwilling test subject. No one should have to watch this movie. Oh, no one should have to watch this. No one should have to watch this movie. Surprisingly, it's not a topic that a lot of people really want to tackle. I'm shocked, prudes. I know, really. Right? It's the next sexual frontier that no one wants to explore. I am, in the most sincerest of senses, disappointed in you. It takes a powerful goddess like Connie, jam her arm down the monster's throat and kill it. Oh, I'm still tripping out over that. Even as a kid, I was like, I gotta find a girl like that. Every week, I, I get a new look of disappointment that I never thought I could get it's out of. Unimaginable. At 12 years old, you should not be watching this movie. Obviously. At 13, you should not be. 14, you shouldn't be. I'm not entirely sure even 17 year olds should be watching this. Just because you're offended by something doesn't mean that you have the right to demand that it doesn't exist. Watching this film again, I had all of this like little nerd glee with everything that kept little history doll popping up at you. So I totally loved this film. Hey, I know why you you couldn't see that. It's because your brain's warped watching this shit at 12 years old. Yeah, this is this is a rough movie. I told you ahead of time when we were getting ready to do it that it was. How did you watch this shit at 12? Because physical wounds heal, cinematic ones don't. Listen to Cinema Psyops. Something that's not easily explained. You been out in the woods lately? Into the trees? All the animals just up and vanish. Animal sense is a threat. They tend not to hang around. You hear that? Jesse, come in over. This thing that we're looking for. Maybe it's always been here. Those are just stories, Donnie. People have been telling them around here for a long time. What if there's something wrong about these ones? You really think there's a monster in the woods, Donnie? Okay. Someone's in the backyard. Anyone out there? in our woods. When it's looking for food, then it found us. Come 
Was the night from 2014. Uh, your cheapo plot synopsis is this. An evil is unleashed in a small town when a logging company sets up shop in the neighboring woods. Uh, your top build class is a uh, class cast. It's Kevin Durand, who you... Yeah, he's good. You may know him from, um... Oh, what's that show called? The Strain. He's on that yes. show. Yeah. Well, he was on the show. The show's over, but it's a terrific show. You guys should watch if you haven't seen it before. Uh, perennial, perennial child star, but now adult star, Lucas Haas. He's in this movie. There's uh, some some other folks. I want to say Nick Dimitri's and, and other stuff that I've seen, too, with this actor. I'm going to click on him right now and see. Oh, he's on Happen Leonard. That's a good show. That's over with, too, now, I believe. And that's uh, that makes me sad. Oh, Late Phases. Cold in July. Yeah, he's in some good stuff. We Are What We Are. This, no, the Sacrament, not so much. Uh, Stakeland. Yeah, he's in oh, that. Oh, Stakeland. Um, he's in that Mickle stuff. I, I knew, I knew the name sounded familiar. And uh, if Jamie was here, she would have corrected me right away. So, <laughs> right away, because she's a she's a Mickle maniac. That lady. Yes, she is. But um, Iris, what do you think about this uh, known movie? I didn't know what it was, so until I, I did a little research on it. And, uh, what do you think about it? Well, the movie itself. I have to say, I was very entertained with it. Um, I was just uh, going through Prime, and I had just watched uh, the one of the found footage Bigfoot movies, uh, and this one comes up. So I clicked on that one, and I saw, oh, it's got Kevin Durant. Why don't we watch it? And then I saw I had Lucas Haas, and I was like, oh, cute. Okay, so you know, I started watching it, and... Um, I have to say I was very entertained because this movie is full of atmosphere. Um, you know, you, you see footsteps, you hear things, but you never see the monster. And for me, that is like core for me because I grew up watching Corman movies. So, and you know, Corman usually kind of hid the monster until he just couldn't anymore to the very last minute almost and then once you saw the monster you're like oh you know and you kind of give it a chuckle and and you have fun but it's a great movie so this movie was doing the same thing for me it was like you know you don't see the monster you 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 see what it leaves behind dead hunters and dead you know bodies and it creates this great atmosphere of uh, you know these people are completely isolated you know, um, there's a snowstorm coming, so there it puts even more on there. And then when everybody gathers in the church at the end and all that shit's going on, and then the last 10 minutes kind of blow it for me because I finally do get to see the monsters. And I wish they would have just not have shown you the monster because, you know, the, watching those weird-ass things crawling on the church roof and stuff um, – yeah, it's CGI, and maybe that's what blew it for me. I don't know. I've I've heard that complaint from other people in like random reviews that I've read. Uh, but you know, on the whole, though, this is a great movie. It's very entertaining. Um, I I put this movie in that halfway sci-fi, halfway you know horror type of flick. 
you know, because it's got a little bit of both, and it's a creature feature, and if anybody knows me, I, God, I love these movies, because that's what I grew up on when I was a kid. So I really, really enjoyed this movie. I enjoyed Kevin Duran in it. Lucas Haas, he's still cute as a bug. I don't care how old he's going to be. He could be 80, and I'm just going to look at him, and I'm going to still think that he's cute as a bug. Um, His head never quite grew into those ears, though. Exactly, right? I think maybe stick right out. Maybe that's what makes him so damn cute. I don't know. Um, But, I mean, it's not like there was great acting or anything like that, but... You know, it was up to par. It entertained it. I, I was, you know, I could believe it was believable for me, you know. And like I said, you know, it's just that fucking atmosphere. Of, you, know, you just don't see that monster. And you can create the monster yourself in your head. And then when you see it at the end, you're like, oh, well, fuck. But, you know, I, I did like the movie. I really had fun with it. Yeah, for me, like like you said, the atmosphere was spot on. You had the, you started out. You know, you went big when you started out. They showed the logging company, yeah, that was that was moving into this this land where you find out whose land it belongs to, and this is why the creature is doing what it's doing because you you disturb something obviously, and creature didn't like that, so he did just destroys uh destroys these people, and uh, that's that's pretty great. But as far as like the the story goes, I, I think it's real solid. It really captures that that small town, you know, isolated vibe, like you said, which you know everybody knows everybody. So when stuff starts to happen, like uh, a cow gets mutilated, and like there's a great scene where uh, a whole mess of birds are flying in the wrong direction, because the whole whole concept of this film is there's no animals left in town because they're all afraid of what the creature is. They they they've been in the woods, so that there's no deer left, there's no nothing left because they've all they've all bolted, not the people, of course. Um, but I like I like that vibe of it. I, I like the mythology of the of the creature. They get the I don't think they get the one to go right on, but they they get it enough and on, on enough for me. In which you know, like you said, it's kind of like the same problem I have with the Quiet Place. Like you say, we, once you see the creature, it's just kind of blah. But like the real fast cuts of the creature dashing across the screen, that that's real fine. I didn't even mind. You know, you said like um. I think crawling on the ceiling because you really didn't see it up close. Because once you saw it up close, it was kind of like um, you see the Ed Norton Incredible Hulk movie. It lo- yeah, it looked kind of like Abomination, the 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 bad guy at the end, like a yeah. big old hulking creature, but with terrible deathly deathly claws. And so, if, if anything, the detriment to this film is is the third act is the weakest part of the film, and that's that's a shame to me, you know. Because mm-hmm. it's, it's the whole siege situation. You kind of needed that, I guess, to, to say, hey, you know, the, the creature's had enough of your shit. Now, now he knows precisely where you are, blah, 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 blah. Because the whole time, our sheriff, Kevin Durand, is uh, pretty much the only one that, that has, like, close contact with the creature. So I guess he's out for blood because I guess he knows who he is until the final confrontation happens. And then the final reveal at the end, which is really stupid. But I don't, I don't want to stray you guys away from this film. I think you guys should watch it because basically you think the creature's dead, but he's not in a way, you know. And you had that stupid final reveal and then credits, and that was that was real yeah. dumb. I didn't, I didn't need that in my life. It was a paranormal activity ending. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was so stupid. And that's and that's a shame because this film was solid for about a good hour ten minutes. Yeah. You got 
till the end, and it turned into Jurassic Park <laughs> in a way. You know, <laughs> I just wait for somebody to slam a ladle on the ground or something. You know, just over here, when to go? Come and get me. You yeah. know. Nobody, it's kind of like somebody tried to go boom, but it just didn't work. <laughs> didn't work, no, and that's that's it's, it's a shame. And I, I wish I wish I would have known why they went that way because this wasn't like a big budget film, I wouldn't think so. No, I think that let's see, I think the movie was budgeted for uh, oh, it's not in here, it usually is. I don't think it was budgeted more than I don't know, I'd say 25, 40. Yeah. I mean, there's some great stuff in here. Like, you don't see the creature kill people in the movie, but you get to see the aftermath. I know. That was so great, man. I was like, oh, this is so good. I, I was so enjoying that. Brutalized in trees, you know, just like hung up like that's his trophies. And I, I really dug that. And so there's there's so much to love about this film. And I think you guys should watch because it's great performances by our two leads. Not very much by everybody else, but they're kind of there as far as like, yeah, this one's killing my horses, yada, 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 yada. And uh, that's... Sheriff, they've got problem out at the farm. <laughs> at the firm, at the firm. But damn, I, I really dug this one. It was a nice it was a nice find on, on a Google search to, to go with this other film, which is also about a Wendigo. And uh, well, uh, I'm going to kick it to Iris and ask anything else she'd like to say about this film. And... Uh, we should give it one to ten. Well, uh, I guess the only thing I will say is, I mean, look look for this movie. It's it's fun, you know. It's not found footage, yay. Um, and if you can get past that last ten minutes, I mean, up to that, I mean, it's a great flick. Uh, so don't 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 let what, what we're saying deter you from it. I'm I'm gonna give this a good solid six. Cool. I'm gonna give it a seven. I mean, I I really I really had a good time with it, and I'd. I had to watch it again. I really would like to to know. I'd love, love to seek out the the filmmaker to see why, why they went that way in the end of the movie because it was really it's really good till then. <laughs> and, oh man, yeah, seven out of ten for me. Right after this, we're gonna move on to a film that a lot of you guys may know already that's been covered in other podcasts, but it goes with this movie. So we're gonna do Ravenous from 1999. Right after this. Hello, this is the Doom Show. Keep on keeping on and keep on trucking, America. We don't listen to our feedback because we don't get any. (laughs) The truth hurts. I just alienated the two people that give us constant feedback. Sorry, guys. That's gotta go. (laughs) That's gotta go in there. So on the show, uh, we talk about giallo movies and slasher movies and cult movies. Sometimes we even talk about Cameron Mitchell and his movies. I am Richard. Who are you? I am Brad, the guy that's not Richard, or Jeffrey, or Simon. That's right. We have four people, and we always talk at once, except to each other. Jeffrey lives up north. Simon lives across the world. Richard lives in Penis, Alabama. Hello, This is the Doom Show is a proud member of the Legion Podcast Network. Check out the other shows on legionpodcast.com. You can check out more Hello, This is the Doom Show at hellodoomshow.podomatic.com or at doommoviethon.com. Check for our Amazon-exclusive Hello, This is the Doom Show cookbook. Do you like hot dogs? (laughs) We got them. Do you like mac and cheese? We got it. Do you like cheddar? We have it. Actually, we don't. No, no cheddar. Just Colby. Colby Jack. Hello, this is the Doom Show. We never gave up on you because you never gave up on us. Wow. 
sending you to California, Fort Spencer. We have four missing soldiers, Captain, and no bodies. We need a supportable explanation. Captain John Boyd is out to solve a mystery. No one just ends up at Fort Spencer. We come for a reason. Yours being? Hmm. Well. But he is about to discover. We have a great sense of camaraderie here at Fort Spencer. <laughs> Something he never imagined. Winged eagle. It's an old Indian myth from the north. Man eats the flesh of another. <gasps> he absorbs the other man's strength. Now, one man must choose. We need others. Between having dinner. Not me. And being dinner. Good gracious. <laughs> So annoying. Major Knox. Guy Pierce. I've... I'm gonna kill him. Robert Carlyle. He was tough, but then a uh, good soldier ought to be. Jeffrey Jones. He uh wanna bring you into the fold. What's wrong? David Arquette. <laughs> There's no guilt. I gotta eat. <laughs> but it's tough making friends. Eat to live. Don't live to eat. Huh? That was really sneaky. He was licking me! <laughs> Ravenous. Bon appetit. Revenous from 1999. Uh, your plot synopsis is this. In a remote, remote military outpost in the 19th century, Captain John Boyd and his regiment embark on a rescue mission, which takes a dark turn when they are ambushed by a sadistic cannibal. Yeah, they just like the blood and stuff. That's fine, yeah. though. Ah, uh, this stars Guy Pierce, as, as Iris mentioned earlier. Uh, Robert Carlyle, lots of great actors in this movie. Uh, David Arquette. Jeffrey Jones... Who, oh, that, yeah, I, I can mention him. I, I like stuff he's in. He's just a fucking pig of a person, though. It's a, <laughs> a very slim Neil McDonough. That This guy, yes. yeah, I've met, but he I've never seen him this slim. He's always kind of doughy. Oh, no, and, he was, like, buff in this. Yeah, with the shirt off and everything, just going yeah. crazy. Oh, my gosh. But uh, this film's been talked about a lot, never on this show, and this is actually the first time I've watched this in completion. So, uh, Iris, what do you think about Ravenous? Ravenous, um, first time watch for me, and I was, I liked it. I really, really dug this movie. Um, I like the idea behind it all, you know, kind of like, um, it took the more Native American slant of the Wendigo instead of the American folklore slant. And, uh, yeah, I kind of like that. And, of course, there's Robert Car- Carlyle and Guy Pierce. I love Guy Pierce's backstory. I think it ties in because you're like, well, what's the big deal? Where, where's the cannibalism coming in? Uh, because that, that's what this movie's about. And uh, basically, what happens to Guy Pierce is he, he was in the Mexican American War, a soldier. Uh, he was a lieutenant. And um, he kind of freaks out because he's watching the Mexicans just tear into his, you know, his company. 
Uh, he doesn't know where his major is or where the captain is. And so what he does is he lies down and pretends he's dead. So what the Mexicans describe everybody and they piled people on top of him and he had blood rushing into his mouth. And he says that when that was going on, he felt like some sort of strength and felt like he just felt different. And he manages to capture the fort by himself. And he's not like he goes and does like some cool ass equalizer shooting and all that. No, he just comes up to like two Mexicans that are just sitting there and he points a gun at one and I think he shoots the other or something like that. Oh no, he took it without firing a shot and said, yeah, okay, so this fort is mine. Um, so they promote him to captain. So I liked his backstory and the general and so he sees people eating and it totally freaks him out because it's like meat and blood and stuff. Uh, but the captain, the general goes, you know, I know you're not a hero because he, he got this medal of honor and all this blah, blah, blah. And he goes, so I'm sending you to Fort Spencer in California. And I'm like, oh, nice. Well, no, in the Sierra Madres where it's cold and gloomy all the time. Yeah. <laughs> so and then that's where the story then ensues and just develops from there but i think had they not developed guy pierce's character this movie would have not made any sense at all it would have just been kind of like well this guy kills this guy and then kills this guy and everybody eats each other you know so I, I liked that aspect of it because for me, it kind of, it came around, you know, in a full circle and I understood what was going on until the very end. And just the little surprises you get, uh, like, um, um, Colonel Hart, which is Jeffrey Jones, you know, he comes back and you're like, Oh wait, I thought, what, weren't you dead? Um, and then of course, uh, Neil McDonough, the, the, he's private Reich. Yes. Imagine that. <laughs> he was, he's got blonde hair and blue eyes. Yes. Exactly. I thought that was kind of funny. Um, but he's like some maniac hardcore dude. Uh, and the way he, the way he met, you know, meets his demise was kind of shitty because I was hoping that there would be more of a fight there. But uh, yeah, then you start you. you at that point, you're still trying to figure out, so what's the story here? And then you start seeing and understanding what's going on because you have a backstory on Boyd and then everything starts to make sense. So I think this was a very well thought out and written screenplay. And of the the actors that were portraying, I mean, they were spot on too. They were great. I like the roles that they played. So uh, to me, this was extremely enjoyable. And to see Guy Pearce in another cowboyish movie was great for me because I think he's he's made for those parts. He, he's pretty good, pretty good at home there. In those, those yeah. Uh, old, old, old timey roles. Yeah. I mean, it's like he, he's perfect for the part. It sucks to pigeonhole, you know, an actor like that. But he really shines in these movies. I've seen him in. Well, OK, I've seen him in two, but. These two, I mean, he really, really played a good part in them, so, you know. I want to say that the first thing I've seen him, and I'm going to look this up right now while I'm talking, was uh, The Count of Monte Cristo, what movie that came out like the aughts. Oh, yeah, see? Yeah, that was him, yeah. That's the only film I've seen based on that, that book, but um, 
Yeah, he's in that as well. And so I, it looks like he's kind of like a historical piece kind of actor then. Could, could be, yeah. And he's really, he's real good in this. And uh, amongst, you know, the lunatic Robert Carlyle, which I'm, I'm going to assume people have seen this film that's listening to this podcast. But when, when, you know, he, he comes to camp and he's all humble and stuff. And he's, he's really, I don't, you really can't tell if, by what happens next if he was afraid of, of that, that part of him coming out. Because when he makes that churn, you, you, don't, oh, yeah. you don't expect it. It just happens. After, of course, the, the, the line that you see in, in the trailer, you know, the part of him, he's licking me, you know, it's, 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 uh, <laughs> it's, which I thought was hilarious because all of a sudden it just came out of nowhere. Because essentially this film is about bloodlust you know, in, in, a, in a more, you know, supernatural sense because this literally puts puts the Wendigo in you when we, we, we eat this bloodlust and the whole time Robert Carlyle, maybe um, Guy Pierce is fighting it because one of my favorite scenes in the film is when they're all, all the all the uh, all the cat all the officers are munching down to that fucking oh my god they're like steak. like animals and you can just tell that yeah he had to eat a couple people just to survive his ordeal in the Spanish American War and do some stuff that he wasn't proud of that you didn't see quite see in the film but that 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 was pretty pretty smashing that that scene it reminds me of um when you're watching the Hannibal series you see Mads Mikkelsen just eating the eating the steak out of the bowl and you just you you know who Hannibal is yeah so you're, just, you're just curious if it's actually it's actual steak or if it's he he eating somebody you know because they do um they do a real fine job on that show of like showing him like I don't know like devouring food in a really strange way where you're saying, is, is that a person that you don't know? Well, the whole time that that steak scene is happening in this movie, you, you, you're really wondering if, if he had to eat some peoples to survive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's something he's not proud of entirely because he, he's got that bloodlust from, you know, imbibing the blood. And like I said, when that turn happens, it, it just, it's just bad shit. Like I said, the only thing that goes out like a bitch, but he's like, he's like this big old... Not, he's not. He's not. He's a tall man. But he looks kind of short in this movie. I've, I've met him before. He's he's got real nice guy and got those pearly whites. You know, I, I got my uh, my dumb dumb dually Captain America picture signed in my in my house someplace, and uh, that's that's awesome. But he's a perennial bad guy, and, and here he's the perennial perennial son of the new Reich with the blonde hair and blue eyes, literally named Reich. And <laughs> I, I wish I got more of him. I wish I got you know. Less of Stoner David Arquette, but you know that there's 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 that in this movie where he's just getting high with the Indian folk, my fault, Native American folk in this movie, and that's all he is like this burnout that hangs out with Native Americans, and I can appreciate that, but I need a more Neil McDonough. But the stuff that you got, the the interactions between Guy Pearce and, and Robert Carlyle, and later on Jeffrey Jones, surprise, he's alive, and um. That that stuff just makes his fucking film gold, and the the fact that you find out that he has regenerative 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 powers as far as like he wounded him, so to prove that he was was not who he was, of course they had to take the the jacket off and reveal the wound was not there because he healed himself because he's crazy bloodlust Wendigo person and yeah, the the, the that dialogue in those two especially when he's detained and he's talking to him in the room, like, yeah, I know you know who I am, motherfucker, shit like that, and that's real fine. It's just a real, 
a fine movie. I, I I know now like people like it. I just never seen it before until now all the way through. I seen little bits and pieces of it and I do remember that, that whole campaign though of the whole the, the whole he's licking me thing, which just seemed like <laughs> just seemed like comedy and some of this some of this film they call it a dark comedy, but I, I don't see it, you know. There's little humorous stuff in there with Jeffrey Jones and stuff like that because he's just like this no shit captain of this base who they're basically left to their own devices and so he's kind of like a comical person and I, I don't I don't see it but Begbie kicks ass Guy Pierce kicks ass I I think that's all all you need need you need to love in this film and I think they pull it off real well and it's a female horror director so there's that Happy Women in Horror Month people yay. <laughs> um, but yeah, watch watch fucking Ravenous. It's awesome. Uh, Iris, anything else, anything else you'd like to say about the film? And would you give it one to ten? Uh, let's see. Yeah, no, it's kind of like to reiterate what you were saying. Just watch the film. It's entertaining. It's fun. And uh, yeah, I'm gonna give this an eight because I really liked it. Cool. Yeah, I'm right there with that eight. I really dug it. And uh. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go eat some more in uh, Ravenous and watch it some more. <laughs> it's 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 fun. It's it's my kind of shit. And uh, I'm sure if I did more more research into the Wendigo, I, I'd enjoy it all that much more. Um, but yeah, uh, right now after this, we're gonna come back and close out the show. This is a test of the emergency podcasting system. Listen to the Psychosemantic Podcast. Politics, movies, and political movies. Find us on Facebook, iTunes, Stitcher, legionpodcasts.com, the Psychosemantic Podcast. Hey, Andrew. Hey, Maddie. Do you like horror movies? I sure do. Well, did you know that most horror movies are inspired by real-life horror? Really? Like what? Well, take The Shining, for instance. That's based on Stephen King's real-life addictions. Or The Purge, which could be our country any minute now. Oh, and The Strangers, which is based on a real-life murder. People should be talking about these things. Hey, Guys. Oh, oh, hey, Producer, producer Michael. Michael, hi. Uh, well, I hate to break it to you, but somebody already is. It's you. <gasps> That's right. We are Friday the 13th, the podcast where we talk about horror in real life and horror in media, all from an LGBTQ perspective. Because we gay, y'all. We are proud members of the Legion Podcast Network, and we can be found on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or wherever your favorite podcasts are found. And follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Come along with us on this crazy journey, and as always, get slayed. Get slayed.